hey, Alice. Oh, hi. How's it going? I um, I was just showing Joe my hammer. Joe's in a band called Eye on the Sky. They have an album coming out called Moon War 2020. We do. We do. Uh, imminently coming out is a, a soon a possible. Soon a possible. Do you think it'll be released by 2020? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, we're working on that time machine thing with that H.G. Wells fella, but he's only running a little behind, so it might not be. That joke's going to not translate well for people watching this episode in like 2025 and just don't know when well, this I hope be. so, you know. Yeah. You know, we, we battled a lot about whether or not we kept that name. It was like, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's now 2022. So that doesn't have the same ring to it. Delayed 2023. That sounds futury, but not not quite right. In the end, we just kind of decided to stick to 2020 because really what the album ended up being was almost more of an escapist idea of what 2020 should have been, mm. even though it ends with, you know, the destruction of all things. Yeah. The end of the world. But that at happened. least, you know, it was, oh, yeah, you know, instead of the slow, shitty descent we've got now, <laughs> at least we've got some fireworks. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, in, yeah, in yeah, the album I got version. So. <laughs> that um, may be preferable. I thought so. To reality. Yeah, because yeah, reality ended up kind of stealing our thunder a little bit writing this thing. So we started out writing this about like 2019, slowly kind of putting the piece together. Then 2020 happened. And man, every single time we wrote something, we thought, well, this is ridiculous. We'll throw it in here. Real life kept stealing it. I'm not even joking. Uh, you might remember the um, the Nashville bombing on Christmas Day. Yeah. Well, you remember when they put out that guy's uh, manifesto? No. Oh, well, he had this whole rant about moon people uh, and all that stuff, specifically moon lizards. Okay. And, I didn't know uh, anything about that. I thought it was like yeah. a corporate thing. Yeah. I... <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Go on, please. Yeah. Well, it just seems like we, because we ended up coming up with this idea of an alternate futuristic version of 2020 where a uh, well-known conspiracy talk show host, uh, a tinfoil hat type, gets on and goes on rants, angry rants, and happens to accidentally stumble on an actual, like, globalist conspiracy <laughs> about how the reptilian... chemicals in the... Yeah, no, that, that, based on that guy, exactly. Because <laughs> we wanted to mock him a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's like, my he's my favorite. He's also my favorite to make fun of. Oh God, that dude is just—it's so ha wonderful. He's um, what's done some right really now. not good things. Yeah, um, but he's beautiful. What's happening to him right now? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we had this idea. We got this um, fraud, uh, this talk show fraud, and he, in one of his episodes, spouts this theory about how the moon landing was real, but it wasn't astronauts that came back. Uh, <laughs> uh, about how Roswell and like uh, alien abductions are all like crisis actors. It, it was all a smokescreen for the real alien threat, which was reptilians from the moon who had been slowly infiltrating society and had taken over the government. And this future version of 2020 had a sort of a globalist world united government. Mm -hmm. So this guy stumbles on this in one of his shows, leaving his... Uh, recording studio that night he gets assaulted by a man with his own face they have a scuffle he beats him the man's face gets ripped off and reveals itself to be a reptilian disguises him to you know take take his place so now he's got this 
literally damning body of evidence. And the actual reptilian government is now after him. He flees to his house. They with pursue the him. body? Yeah, he's got the body with him. Because this is going to be his real evidence. Yeah, Finally, yeah. Got, oh, you got to have yeah, that. Yeah, you're he's, dead. He's, you have yeah that. dude. It's going to be his like big moment to shine. Like, yeah. I'm not full of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, was, I was right. I know what I saw. Yeah. All that stuff. Well, of course, you know, they send out the black helicopters and shit and drones chasing and uh he he escapes narrowly and uh when the uh world leader is getting ready to have a summit somehow this fellow scurries up on stage and rips his face off in front of the whole world to see reptilian conspiracy unveiled the world leader is a lizard man open oppression you know jack boot assholes and bootlickers everywhere and shit goes south real fast of course then there's a human resistance rise up and chase the uh, moon lizards off of earth there's a big space battle we chase them out into space kick their asses hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah we're riding high so we decided let's go to the moon wipe them the fuck out yeah fuck right? yeah let's yeah, go yeah. yeah let's, let's go fucking go we, we beat them on earth we beat them in space let's go to the moon total slaughter <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> yeah they just wipe us out oh uh, yeah oh. one guy one guy is spacesuit bleeding atmosphere and he cries crawls out of the craters and sneaks into the moon base where he meets none other than neil armstrong himself kept prisoner these 57 years 51 51 the real because he was replaced by a reptile exactly exactly and all this is like very little details in the lyrics and shit and so the lone survivor and neil armstrong team up Neil Armstrong's heard some shit while he's been prisoner. There's a secret weapon in the core of the moon. Let's turn it against them. It's the fucking Death Star. (laughs) They don't know what it does, but they know that they want to get revenge. So they throw the switch. The moon explodes. With them on it. With them on it. Pyrrhic victory. The, The reptilians die. But now Earth is doomed. We pan back to Earth. Uh the uh tinfoil hat man crawls out of the rubble, basks for a moment in his glory, like, ah, I overthrew the reptilian government, realizes that the moon is falling. Everyone's going to die. He's got one thing he can do to redeem himself, and that's find the uh, reptilian leader, who didn't flee with everyone else, went into a little hidey-ho, kind of like a certain someone did during a certain actual insurrection that happened. (laughs) And I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but Please so he, he chases that fellow down, beats him, and, uh, you know, gets a moment of, I finally did something meaningful with my life as the moon crashes into the earth and everyone dies. Uh, a millennia later, we return to earth and it's just a blasted wasteland. Just uh, a few small stone fragments as memory of man and reptilian. All in all, I feel like that's a much better 2020. Yeah. The one that we had. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> because, you know, like uh, like the tune that you've heard, uh, Ignum Mag- yes. Magnum Reptilium. Um, that's the human uprising. You know, like when I kick the uh, reptilians, you know, beat them out of the, uh, the, uh, the Capitol building and all that stuff. That was written uh, right around the time that the George Floyd protests were happening. And I was really feeling that momentum. I really wanted that to carry on and actually see some sustainable change. Of course, kind of 
didn't, unfortunately. But like, I still carry that energy into that song and wanted it to be sort of symbolic for like, what if we had actually done this? Of course, then reality has to come and scoop me. And then a much uglier, a much stupider insurrection happens. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that kind of soured the note a little bit. But that's just uh, the story of this album, writing it. Every time we come up with a, a silly idea, uh, real life seems to come in and uh, find a way to, I guess, still our thunder a little that's bit. That's a very powerful uh, magic you have that you're able to I'm, shape the future through yeah. jokes unintentionally. I keep joking how, you know, wouldn't it be funny if we cured cancer or something when, you know, it just never happens. Uh, <laughs> it probably, it probably got cured and then it just got locked away. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, probably some moon wizard right now. Joke about it getting the cure for cancer getting released. Ah, yeah. you know, it'd be a really funny thing. To... What? Whoa! The cure for cancer! That would be so fucking Whoa! funny. Whoa! That's a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, uh, glad you're here, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for enduring the uh, tinfoil-hatted rant. No, uh, no, no. It was uh, it was a good rant. I feel like it was very insightful. Um, thank you. Uh, I, I also love it. I, I love that you stuck with the 2020. I, it's a, I thought it's so, a good too. Thing. It's kind of like we're even taking if, it back. Even if it, it which it, it's coming out imminently, but even if it came out like five years from now, keep it 2020, obviously. Oh, yeah. No, we joked about that, too. Like yeah. if for some reason you know we keep getting delayed or something like that you know it's 2020 because uh, i feel like that would be at least you know everyone kept doing the uh you know the 2020 was a a terrible year for everyone for a lot of reasons but it was pretty fertile ground for uh, artistic types you know because oh sure you know, stuck if you were able to be stuck at home mm-hmm. um you had a lot of time to work on your passion yeah and uh we did manage to make something that we're very proud of that we might not have been able to had you know life continued as it normally was so and um since then um do you get do you is the momentum kept going or is um, it like it's been uh leaps and bounds uh sometimes trickles and spurts mm-hmm. yeah uh, because you know life Makes still sense. happens yeah. um as i mentioned before you know there's life life gets in the way sometimes you know uh We've had children born. Everyone's kind of yeah. relocated. I changed jobs. Our bass player briefly caught on fire. Can I hear about that? Um, without making him feel too bad. Hi, Heath. Hi, Heath. <laughs> um, he was uh, cleaning some brush for a family friend, and uh, a fire kind of got out of hand and oh, no. uh, ended up burning a pretty good chunk of his forearm. Oh, um, I thought it was going to be like he ought to... Uh, the way you presented it, I thought it was going to be like uh, not a bad story. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did catch on fire. Um, but, you know, he persevered. I was kind of thinking his pants. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do know someone whose pants have caught on fire, but that was on a drunken dare. Um, well, sorry about your arm, Heath. That sucks. He's better. He's better. That's good. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah, that was that was back in 2020, I believe. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we've just trying to keep it trucking along, um, kind of one of these old guard now. It's weird to think of ourselves like that. Uh, the scene has changed so much post-pandemic. Like bands that we used to admire and look up to don't exist anymore. Venues we used to really get excited about playing don't exist anymore. 
but it is cool to see all these new groups popping up and uh, a few new venues here and yeah. there really excited to get back out there and yeah. meet the new folks and rub elbows with the olds and see if we can still uh, you know shake some buildings where are you from uh, i'm originally from uh, lawrence county it's a little bit further south um like um i probably know a town better um well let's or see just something close to it close to it um it, this would be further south past uh columbia oh okay um kind of kind of 15 minutes off of the uh alabama state line okay um, gotcha i grew up in lincoln county oh uh, fayetteville well tennessee fayetteville i've got a story about fayetteville oh please <laughs> <laughs> so this was um this was I think 2002, so post 9-11 world. At the time, I had a summer job working for the uh, Department of Forestry uh, doing a insect trapping program. Uh, I'm a bug nerd. Hi. <laughs> That's neat. Uh, we should talk about that too. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, this trapping program, you have these little cardboard triangle traps, glue, pheromone stick in it, trying to attract these um, uh tussic moths they're real destructive and uh you were given a couple of counties each county was broken down to like a one by four grid so destructive to crops uh to uh hardwood trees oh shit uh the caterpillars are super voracious uh and like if left untreated like because each moth can lay a clutch of like 200 eggs and if left untreated two seasons of you know caterpillars eating the leaves kill the trees so they're they're really destructive. Holy shit! Um, I'm not certain what the moth's current common name is. It was gypsy moth, but very recently, within the last couple months, uh, the name was changed because that's an insensitive term, uh, gypsy. Um, but I can't remember off the top of my head what the the current term for it is. Anyways, I was in a uh, fable and. Uh, uh, Part of the grid that I had to put a trap at was next to the Frio Lays Potato Chip Factory. Mm -hmm. I know the now, one. There's no trees over there. And so let me set the scene. <laughs> uh, I have a shitty summer tan from helping out with the farm, you know, a uh, farm boy. Uh, I've got a, not this glorious thing, but just a big, stupid, ragged neck beard. First beards always oh, look yeah. terrible. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm still in that yeah. phase. Yeah, and I was blasting some uh, some very loud music. And so I had put my trap up on the, the power pole next to the potato chip factory, uh, had keyed in my coordinates on this ancient brick of a GPS unit they gave us, and was filling out the paperwork when a couple of police cars come screaming into the parking lot, box me in on the other side. They hop out, they've got their hands on their holsters, I'm like, what's going on here? You know, they approach. I'm in the process of saying, what seems to be, and they do not speak. Get out of the vehicle, turn, you know, turn off your engine, put your hands where you can see them, get out of the vehicle, all that stuff. All right. I'm, you know, young. I'm nervous. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't want to get shot by a cop. I mean, these are Fayetteville cops. Yeah. <laughs> and so they give me the rigmarole, like, what am I doing there? What's that thing you put on the power line? all this stuff and i'm showing you know i've got big decals on my car door that says division of forestry ag department i've got a lanyard that says you know forestry 81 
you know, I've got mm. a whole cart full of these little paper traps. Mm. And after about 20 minutes of them giving me the business, you know, one goes, okay, sir, we believe you, who you say you are. It's just, <laughs> we received a call from an anonymous tipster that a suspicious man was putting suspicious devices on power lines while listening to militant Islamic music. Now you have a good day. And they left. I guess they figured they didn't want to, you know, me sue them or something like that. But I was too uh, stupid. I was scared. I don't know what was going on. It was baffled. Like, militant Islamic music. It's like, okay, I guess I kind of get it. Like, had a bit darker tan. I was listening to Behemoth, a Polish death metal band, <laughs> which I don't know where they I got think- that. I think uh, what happened is satanic panic just translate this turned into Islam panic. So it did. Yeah, there's always a permutation of some sort of scapegoatism. Yeah, so so is they're just uh, they can't call it that Satan music. So there's because right. that's not the thing anymore. That's true. Well, I guess it is the thing, but it's also it, it, Islam's. I guess a bigger thing. For it, it was for like that period. Um, it seems like we've circled, oh. we've circled back around mm-hmm. to satanic panic. Uh, I've got some friends that are playing in a uh, show, uh, I think somewhere in Kentucky, um, that is like, I think it's the Metal Devastation Fest or something like that, Mm -hmm. Uh, and the townsfolk have gotten all Jesus-y about it, like, why is it called Devastation? That makes me think you're going to do something bad, and they've really riled up like the Satanic Panic stuff again, Hell yeah! uh, which I think is kind of hilarious that is hilarious (laughs) (laughs) i thought we were kind of past that i thought so too but i think we as a like just civilization there's always a niche for a scapegoat class and it it just it rotates you know um in medieval days on into modern day unfortunately you know that has oftentimes been like um jewish people have been scapegoated and then, and then, and then it's minorities, and then it's, you know, uh, Satan or whatever. It, society has this ugly need, I think, to always find someone to be the other, the adversary. Yeah. Uh, and especially in times yeah. of like strife and struggle. It's um, it's tribalism gone wrong. It is. It's, it um, is. What happens is, you have to. <laughs> the tribe's so big, you have to look for opponents so oh, yeah, out yeah instead of them coming to you because i feel like um there's there's probably like a natural instinct for um well i don't want to say conflict because that's not innate in uh, most people right but um like tribalism yes seems to be like deeply ingrained in people and it's not always a bad thing but it not can always, get... but it it tends to get out of hand quickly I yeah think. um especially in times of like struggle and strife like mm-hmm. just like where the collective is like struggling with something maybe there's a, a larger systemic issue at hand uh people are more apt to look for a class of people to blame it on rather than like address the systemic thing yeah yeah you know, we see that history is uh was that phrase um uh history doesn't repeat but it does rhyme mm-hmm. uh and <laughs> that was my <laughs> are they okay he's playing apex (laughs) i thought we were like an asshole clipped my audio fuck you david (laughs) 
I don't know. I, I feel like that's a good segue to into uh, uh, spooky stuff almost. <laughs> well, I was going to say, house is haunted. <laughs> I forgot to tell you, I had a roommate here. Nice. <laughs> no, it's all good, dude. No, I, I, I'll quickly round about my uh, thought on uh, scapegoatism, though. Because uh, yeah. I mean, like every, every large era of uh, civilization seems to be punctuated with these sort of like mass finger pointings mm. uh whether you know like you go to ancient roman times like rome itself was horribly corrupt and falling apart from the inside infrastructurally yeah who better to blame than uh, christians you know and then yeah <laughs> christianity rises to power and uh when you know things go awry you gotta have someone else to blame so then it comes to the jews and then on and on and on and on i mean there's always got to be some kind of rival yeah and it's always masking something else i I think think, so i am i'm i'm a i'm a fellow tinfoil hat as well um i I doff my cap oh no they can read my thoughts oh no no no. keep it on keep it on i I appreciate the gesture (laughs) keep it on protect yourself yes um i have a tinfoil hat under here you just can't see it he's much more stylish now um agree to disagree <laughs> uh what was i gonna say oh no like i'm at this point i'm completely convinced and i'm open to suggestions All right. uh open to having my mind changed but the way i see the world is um these conflicts i don't see them as very organic at all they're completely put in place a lot of the time um i think what happens is the governments will turn us against each other on any metric, whether it's race, whether it is gender. And these issues exist in society, but they're amplified and they create the divisions and they make it worse and make it as bad as they can to make it a distraction because the only real we are we should all be on the same team and the only real battle that should be taking place is the people against the government oh absolutely government or you know just the powers that be the powers that be yeah, uh, yeah whether it's the catholic church yeah. and whether it's uh the u.s government yeah yeah um because those that have the power want to you know maintain the status quo and we're seeing a lot of that now too you know i uh, <laughs> saw someone uh, elected to office based on the whole like, well i'm just not the other guy which was a you know a destructive force mm-hmm. and then instead of actually doing anything they've basically just so well, i'm just going to maintain you know what i've got like so i can keep in power so you know nothing changes nothing's ever yeah. going to come from the top that's going to change anything to me man i only see one way to fix this and I'm not gonna ex- expose my most radical views to uh, I mean, Alice I think, here. I think I think, but I think to, I know. to say it in a tame way, yeah. They are never gonna hold themselves accountable. No, of course not. We have to hold the people that work for us, the servants of the people, work for us and not for themselves. Yeah, but they don't recognize that anymore, you know. And and we because we let them. We do let them, um, and we only because we let them. Yeah. At any time we could change it. It's true, but it's going to take, I think, more and more uh, uh, a large force to drive us to 
collectively say enough of this shit. Uh, and I think part of that is by their design. Um, I mean, look at the education system. It's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, oh, yeah, I was, so I was bad. hooked on phonics for a while there, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that, you know, like the English language is three raccoons in a trench coat. It's, it's a hodgepodge and those <laughs> rules don't apply to everything. So trying to learn to, uh, it's, it's beautiful for the same reasons. It's awful. Yeah. 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 It, like, uh, like French, it, French is completely, what the fuck is that? But it's also beautiful for the same reason. Oh, it's yeah, like yeah. so eloquent, but also so it's so French. <laughs> it is, it is. You know, uh, all those languages derived from Latin have their own beautiful little quirks. English, yeah. unfortunately, is just um, it's a very um, buffet style approach to language. Which yeah, it's like, well, this I like this word. We're going to take this word. We're going to take these rules. You're. Yeah. I don't want to derail too much, but you just made me realize that's a really. Like English is a yeah. hodgepodge oh, yeah, of a bunch of different things, and so is America and yeah. England. Yeah, well, you know, and that should be our strength is you know all these different influences. And um, it, it, it makes me wonder how much of it, how language influences your culture. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. uh, the only way I can describe the French language is it's very French. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there there are sixty thousand vowels. You pronounce three of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know and, you know, and, you know um, yeah uh, it's a beautiful language I don't let me uh, uh, disparage it with my uh, poor imitations um, if, if we get shit on English we get shit on French yeah, a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> all things being equal but yeah. as you know um, rounding back um, you know, education system I think is a, a good indicator of just the machinations of how to keep power out of the hands of the masses this is like if we're poorly educated, stupid, uh, we don't know our rights. We don't know the, the rules. We don't know the avenues available to us to put an end to, you know, corruption and, you know, uh, uh, all the stuff that are happening that we don't want to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the powers that be or the people that have the influence, which right now, you know, uh, it's less and less the government <laughs> and more and more corporate interest uh which is just yeah. as insidious if not more because the end game there is squeezing profit out of you know your very bones um and then you know they they have the uh, politicians in their pockets so any policy that gets made is being made at the behest of some corporate interest um and that's the real insidious thing i think at the moment uh even more so than just the world at large which you know that everything else going on is kind of par for the course with humanity and um this this stage of civilization in general like i said you know there's a, a cyclical nature to this kind of stuff um i hate to keep drawing things back to rome but it's a pretty apt comparison as far as like where we're at as a society in america versus where rome was at when it finally fell apart and it's you know again the the people not having so much of a vested say as um the people in charge having you know uh, a profitable interest influencing their decisions yeah which is a bummer it really um it really looks like 
the end of the, the collapse of the civilization. It does. Um, but the, you know, the good thing though is again, with it being cyclical, um, there, you know, empires rise and fall all the time. Um, it's funny to think about how short of a span of the lifespan of the earth, uh, humanity has been a part of it. Yeah, man, just you know, 5,000 years. It just, you know, like, <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> earth is only 200 years old. It was started when America first birthed the first bald eagle. No. And baby uh, Jesus. And baby, that's right. Jesus with an M16. Uh, <laughs> 100%. But, uh, you know, it's. People don't think it'd be like that, but do the research, Alice. It's out there. <laughs> that's right, Alice. <laughs> if you look in the right places, you'll find it. Read your sculptures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Where were we? <laughs> it's, it's all right. We're kind of ping ponging all over the place. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy. Um, it's just hard not to because it's, it's a gloomy world, man. It's a gloomy world. I mean, there's you make your fun where you can. So yeah, we have to um, make the most of it and manifest outwards because being gloomy about it doesn't help anything. You have to like be brave in the face of that, Absolutely. obviously. But um, it's good to like. I think it's good to express those feelings um, in the when you're in the comfort of friends because hearing you say that like those are feelings i can relate to right, yeah. that makes me feel not so alone about it because it's like you know it can be scary it can be overwhelming yeah, absolutely you know? man so like maybe alice feels the same way and it's I'm like sure she does but you know yeah um yeah just be you know be careful around, around the, around the queen alice always paint the roses red that's right you know it may be a daunting thought like oh we're we're, we might actually be the generation living in, you know, the end of an era. Uh, although I do think it's funny that every generation has at some point felt like they were living in the end of days, you know. Oh, every generation. Yeah, every generation has their own version of it. So I just wish we could have just stuck to one because, you know, like, I'm not sure how old you are exactly. I'm 26. I, oh, you're 26. Okay, well, you, you should be old enough then. Uh, you know, 9-11 was kind yeah, of like the end of a, it. it was the end of an era i, I mean i i don't remember much before that but right. yeah I, yeah i know it completely changed the world uh the western world completely yeah. and you know just the year before that we very narrowly avoided another you know global catastrophe y2k which i know sounds very tinfoil hatty <laughs> but uh if it weren't for all the hard work that you know, um, computer scientists around the world did to fix that little tallying issue. Uh, all kinds of things would have mm -hmm. been much worse. There was actually a few things that did happen uh, because some systems weren't updated in time. Um, there was very nearly a, a nuclear reactor meltdown. Uh, I believe that might have been what? I'm not sure where that is. I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't want to attribute it to the wrong place, but uh, maybe Japan, maybe China. I can't remember. But they're because there was a coding issue with one computer that they, they never got it like updated, uh, you know, because, you know, it's it's basing its you know, like circulation of the uh, the heat water and all that stuff, like the for the reactor cooling towers and all that stuff mm -hmm. is, you know, runs off the same calendar thing that everything else was, but it was out of sync. But someone caught it in time to keep it from boiling over or whatever there was wow. uh, some instances of some ladies who um because of an error a clerical error regarding that same y2k bug 
that changed the dates on a bunch of test results for um, some genetic screenings for uh, infants, uh, like prenatal screenings for uh, genetic abnormalities. Uh, there was actually several babies that were uh, aborted that didn't need to be because the dates were wrong, so the test came back wrong and told several mothers that, hey, your baby's gonna be more defective and that influenced their decision. Um, so there was a lot, I know, sorry, I'm gonna get out of the bad stuff here wow, in a second. That's, no, <laughs> but like, anyway, so, it's funny because it's people wild. think, watch, well, okay, ha ah, ha ha, man, we got all excited about that. I that had no so idea crazy. about this until yeah. I, I didn't know yeah. what Y2K was about. Oh yeah, yeah, so the, I knew it boils down to, you know, Oh, when it turns to year 2000, because we're using a two-digit uh, date system for all computer records, it would have reset to zero, zero, and it, the computer would have thought it would be 1900. And I know that sounds like such a silly thing to get worried about, but it very nearly like killed the world. And if it, it weren't caused for, a lot of destruction. It, 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 it caused some, but not nearly as much as it could have if people hadn't yeah. actually taken the time to fix the the issue and make it a four-digit wow. year. Uh, I know that sounds silly, but we narrowly avoided that disaster, and then we here we are careening headlong into another the next year. I think um, every generation has faced, um, you know, this uh, existential dread. Um, yes, partly great part due to religion like with oh, prophecy um but i think there's something particular about our generation because we're at such we are at the still of the infancy of this technology boom yes um like we've only had cars for like 200 years we've only had internet for how long the internet now that's 40 that's years that's uh, yeah and really only been like widely publicly available for about about 20 yeah uh, because and this might be something that you and I can have like a, a bit of a, a exchange of thoughts on uh, because I was kind of that last generation that had uh, kind of split right down the middle because my formative years, like when you do your socialization. Do you mind how so, fast how old you are? Uh, I'm uh, 35. Okay. I was 87. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but so like my formative years were done, you know, in person, like on playgrounds and neighborhood kids and stuff. Uh, my neighborhood kids were... Mennonites. I grew up in the sticks. <laughs> all, all my uh, neighbors were Amish and Mennonite. Of course, okay. buggies were the only people that had uh, electricity. Um, but, um, you know, I, you do your like early socialization stuff face to face. And then by the time I got to like my senior year of high school and then college was around the time that uh, Facebook really became the thing. Not Facebook, sorry, MySpace. Uh, and like more and more of my peers had the internet. So that was kind of like beginnings of like internet culture. So I still, I have a childhood that was separate from the internet. And then, you know, like my, uh, oh, that's an interesting late adolescence. Grow up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like every generation after us, I feel like more and more so have done that early stage developmental, like socialization more and more through an internet, mm -hmm. like whether it's social media or like, zoom calls or so you grew up with video games but not the internet i was late to video games okay uh but uh, yeah at, at video games mm -hmm. uh i got a uh 
got a Nintendo 64 around the time that everyone else was playing uh, like PlayStation and Xbox. Mm. So a little bit behind, but I do find it fascinating. I'm not here to like shit on the younger generations. It's just an interesting thing to observe. And if society doesn't collapse and we persist, it'd be interesting to see the long-term changes that happens to each successive generation as more and more of the formative stuff is happening online. Yeah. Uh, again, like that's not disparaging anybody, you know. Uh, I've been accused of that, and fair. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, the younger folks, they uh, they have both the, this gift and this curse of like one, all the information in the world is at, at your fingertips at a young age, but then there's also a whole new world of pitfalls and distraction. Distraction. This is something. So I have a question for you because this is you're you're. Leading into something I ask everyone. Okay. Uh, or not everyone, but like there are so many tools available. Let's say just put it in the lens of musicians. All right. There are so many tools available now to make music that were not available. It's compared to the seventies. Oh yeah. Um, the loops that the hoops that people would jump through in like the sixties and seventies, like um, the Beatles or um um what's his name uh he did bitches brew oh uh, miles davis miles davis birth of the cool yeah yeah the peeing your pants is cool call me miles davis (laughs) the links those people those artists would go to to record their albums like if they had the tools available today but the question i was going to ask you um you know if you took one of those legends or like uh like jimmy yeah and put him today like they'd be able to do so much more oh absolutely but the question i was going to ask is uh the catch-22 is growing up i so for example my mom is an excellent piano player um but she tried to teach me and i lacked the disciplines i I had video games to play i had other things to do at distractions Um, and I, I, I never formed that discipline and I, I make other art, but, um, and you, you could say that just wasn't for me, but, um, do you have any advice for kids coming up mm. about how to develop a discipline? That's, that's in tough. this tricky landscape. In this tricky landscape, that is tough because I did have the benefit of being an awkward kid that preferred to spend most of my time alone laying in the floor drawing mm-hmm. uh, or reading a book then you know or if, if i'm am active i'm out in the woods pretending i've got a sword with a big old stupid stick you know yeah um before that was before video games kind of became a thing okay. it was also because i lived in an environment that allowed me the freedom to go outside and screw around and not worry about you know all the dangers of the world because i lived out in the middle of the woods yeah uh, and i think for a lot of kids that's not an accessible thing because outside spaces don't really exist you know um you'd have to have someone take you to a park or something they don't really have the benefit of the outside world so naturally they spend more time inside and it's like the only option yeah and and that's sad but it's not their fault you know it's not it's not fair to be like these damn kids you know that's just the world we live in there's on top of that spaces like I didn't really answer your question, but oh, so <laughs> I'll get yeah, to, before yeah, we can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I would say 
if you do have an interest in something, it, it really just force yourself to carve out time for it. And that's the hard thing because I'm not great at it nowadays either, you know, um, but, you know, like tell yourself, I'm going to get home from whatever I have to do out in the world and I'm going to devote, you know, two or three hours to this thing I want to do. And you're going to suck at it at first. You might suck at it for a while, but as long as you enjoy what you're doing and like put the time in that, you know, cause you know, I, I, I draw too. You know, I, I've seen your art and I love your art. Thank you. Uh, and I can tell that you put a lot of time into it. Um, and I do the same thing. But like people, I'm sure people ask you too, like, how'd you get so good at drawings? Because like, I just sat and did it a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's and that's like the, the dick answer. But it's unfortunately the only real answer is like, I just, I just did it a bunch. Right. I wasn't very good when I started, uh, but I had the passion for it. And and would just fill all my idle time with doodling in the margins of my homework or whatever, you know. Um, but even that's not so much of a thing nowadays, I guess, the online classes and all that. But uh, I don't know. I say for younger folks, just kind of have to force yourself to, like, shut out some of the distractions. Yeah. And it's hard. That's bad yeah. advice because I can't really, you know, say that I'm terribly great at it nowadays either. It's got to be a way trying to think about like how I do it like um oh <laughs> do it when you're like supposed to be doing something else oh yeah practice guitar when you're yeah. supposed to be doing something else you, you bring up a good point because that's the other key ingredient for any creative endeavor is the the hard part uh is not the sitting down and doing it part it's when it's still up in here in your head uh and that's usually when you're best left to um neglect doing something else yeah <laughs> like if you're like okay i've got to do this thing like that makes me want to do something else so anytime that you've got a project that you have to do don't do it that do, is, do the thing that you were like putting off art wise instead that is that is excellent advice and i don't recommend this this is not good yeah. advice <laughs> but it's something like like in the car man Yes. Like, what do you fucking do with that? Because you're driving. So it's like, yeah. I'll like do audio like clips. And it's like, like a, or like a voice to. Oh, uh, yes. Voice to text. Because, um, yeah, I get a lot of writing done in the car that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's always, it's always when you're doing something else that the thing that you've been struggling with, maybe even stuck on, is cooking in the back of your brain. Yeah. So I you heard it here play drums while you're driving. Yeah. Play guitar. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah do it. Because, uh, like, if say there's something that you're really passionate about, but you're stuck on it, like I don't know how to do this next part, or I'm not sure what I should write for the next bit of this story, or 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 script, or or poem. Um, don't think about it. Do some other crap. Yeah. Like, blow blow off your responsibility for a short period of time, and screw around doing something else because the thing that you're really wanting to do is in the back of your head unconsciously sorting itself out mm. um i used to do that trick all the time when i was stuck on a big art project like um when my previous bands i did the album artwork for and it was this big stupid diorama that i hand drew and then cut everything out and and i got stuck on it for a while and what i would do when i couldn't like figure out what i need what i ne need the next element to be like what i was going to arrange stuff 
I, I fucked off and played Minecraft. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I would mindlessly build. I had a like, creative mode or whatever. And I would just not set out with any goal. I would just start building random castle ruins. Turn my brain off. Just build a bunch of crap. The thing I was actually thinking about, wanting to work on, is the back of my head cooking. And after a couple hours of screwing around on Minecraft, it seemed like, oh, kind of piece that together without even really struggling to you know, turn around and actually go do the art project. So just fuck off. Any Alice, opportunity you can get, fuck off if, and do something else. If you're performing open heart <laughs> surgery and you just really want to play Candy Crush on your phone, what's yeah. really important to you? Yeah, what's, it, put, where are your priorities? Stop what you're doing. <laughs> well, yeah, no, actually, I think, I think maybe that's better advice than I thought I was capable of giving, though, because, you know, so much of our lives now I've been dictated to be the most productive. What are you turning out? What are you What are you cranking out for the man? Um, and that's not what your passion should be for. Um, uh, instead of trying to meet your quota or doing, you know, fucking taxes, doodle, screw around, go for a walk, throw rocks in a pond, life is tackle a goose. Uh, and uh, while you're doing this screwing around stuff, enjoying your life, you'll find that maybe in the back of your brain the last little brain cell that actually gives a shit is going like wait a minute i figured it out i gotta go do this thing yeah um enjoy your life i think more than anything um i don't know how you can do this i'm in awe of you because when i do projects like this album or artwork or whatever uh it sits in me and it gestates and it cooks and it cooks and it cooks and it cooks and then there'll be a flurry of activity and i'll get a chunk of it out and then it has to cook some more and cook some more but you do this every week oh uh, probably more probably yeah. more days a week that you you do these podcasts i have i have some stuff to say about that when you're done oh yeah no no I, I, let me hear your thoughts man um so yeah like this to me um and i think it's kind of like what's good about me as a host and what's not good about me as a host is uh this to me doesn't feel like an art project i'm just talking to a friend oh right on man you know what i mean so it's like it's not difficult because so really i got i started doing this because this is the kind of conversations i have like me and my roommate or like my friends like we just sit around and talk about stoner shit like what's the universe like you know and it's like well i mean if that's what i'm doing like, why not get more people in on the conversation? And what I found is like, you know, not necessarily all the things we talk about on the show are important, but some of it is and not and, and it's rare. Um, some of it is stuff that people aren't comfortable talking about usually. Really? Um, and I speaking personally, like when I see um, when I digest like um, someone being vulnerable, um that gives me the courage to be vulnerable myself yeah, absolutely um and that's i want to i want to like give that to the world it's like you can have um difficult conversations with you know you, with your loved ones or just people that are around you you know sometimes it can be as simple as like like call your friends and tell them you love them yeah you know absolutely just if you if you think about someone like they pop in your head call them like we're kind of like we were talking about, like when that thought, like act on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, because like life is short, and 
I don't. I didn't mean to take that in a no, 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 negative no, place, but no, that's not a negative place, man. Uh, it's important. I mean, because yeah, it, again, like it's trying to like reformat what our lives are for, mm-hmm. and it's not for producing content for folks. It's finding a passion and doing it for ourselves, and then making time for people we care about. You know, yeah. um, uh, don't have to be a busy a busy bee. Um, sometimes the most important things you do are the uh, least amount of work because you're just there for someone um, yep. sitting on a couch having a stupid conversation um, not this conversation I was actually thinking of uh, hanging out with uh, my best friend Frankie uh, hey bud so Frankie so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but like you know some of my fondest memories are or sitting on the couch having the most inane conversations possible and not like deep thoughts like like you guys have more like <laughs> I uh, mean, sometimes stupid conversations yeah, are the best kind they, they are and like yeah. some of my most cherished memories are just sitting on the couch riffing with him about like what if we did make a steven seagal porno uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know uh, and making scripting out a whole ridiculous thing for wait you have uh, a porno idea too yeah it was, so it's like steven seagal uh, kung fu porno uh so all the sex acts are actually uh, uh karate moves <laughs> i have a porno idea too all right uh this alice i'm sharing this with you don't tell anyone <laughs> um uh it's called the second coming of christ nice. get behind me satan <laughs> you can uh, uh, put the rest of you it together. nailed it <laughs> <laughs> sure did oh man uh, that's uh, that actually gives me more ideas for the point. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you, you Jesus put the pieces ain't, together. Jesus else. ain't the only one that's gonna be riding some wood. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, don't be cross with me. But I'm no, pretty he's good full at this. of them. <laughs> he's got them all. <laughs> so, um, have you ever seen a UFO? Um. Not actually seen one. Have you been keeping your eye on this guy? I do keep my eye on this guy. I mean, my <laughs> church believes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the script. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> nice. Um, no, I've, I've never had extraterrestrial experience. Of, I'm, I kind of fall in an interesting category, I guess, as far as like the supernatural and supernatural kind of stuff. Um, I kind of ascribe to the idea that um, we can't sense everything around us. Like our, our hearing and vision, you know, only narrow chunk of the bandwidth. Uh, Very narrow. That we can actually observe. And even with like the wonders of technology, we only get a little bit more that we can mm-hmm. observe, you know, through, you know, like radioscopes and x-ray shit and all that. And with like advanced mathematics, we can kind of, um imagine you can say or kind of even map out what an extra dimension would be like mathematically yeah, yeah. but we can't we can't we can't directly sense it yeah um, but i kind of like the idea that um shit's around us all the time you know and other people might interpret that as ghosts or something like that i think uh extra dimensional beings or whatever things that we can't comprehend under normal circumstances you know there's a whole other world kind of overlaid with ours you just you can't sense it unless you're in the right frame of mind or, you know, under the influence of something that gives you access to uh, the periphery of your senses that you can catch a glimpse of something. 
But even then, I don't know if your brain is capable of interpreting things as they are, you know, objective reality, so much as doing what the brain does best, which is gets a piece of information, some data, some sensory information, and it fills in the gaps because that's what our brains are great at is pattern recognition. And when it can't find a pattern, fills in the gaps for it. That's why you see shapes in the clouds or faces and wood grain and whatnot. Um, mm. I think under certain circumstances, right frame of mind or whatever, you catch a glimpse of something that is there all the time and maybe not, maybe not even aware of you. Maybe sometimes it is. Um, and your brain can't comprehend what it just caught a glimpse of. So it interprets it a certain way, like as a gray, perhaps. He sounds or a ghost. like a man who might have had experiences like that. Well, so I used to suffer very badly from sleep apnea. I've since gotten a CPAP machine that keeps my brain from getting too oxygen deprived. But uh, if you're familiar with sleep paralysis, hmm. um, and, you know, I think it's been pretty well proven that uh, mythology around like succubus and incubus demons and stuff like that sitting on your chest and stuff. Oh, yeah. Can be attributed the famous to, painting. Yeah. You know the one? Mm -hmm. The little demon imp sitting on her chest? I think that's Goya, maybe? I'm not sure. Um, but... Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, you're cool. I, I can't get off an art. But that's a, very, that's a very famous, yeah. or uh, not famous, but a common yeah. of something yeah. weighed yeah. on and your I chest. I think that was one of the ways that uh, ancient peoples, you know, uh, described this phenomenon of like, what was happening to them. And I would suffer pretty badly from sleep paralysis and occasionally auditory hallucina hallucinations, you know, a voice calling my during name. During sleep paralysis? During sleep paralysis. Uh, you know, something calling my name in my own voice. Uh, but uh, right before I went and got the sleep study done and got the CPAP machine, uh, I had an experience where I was paralyzed in bed and a figure like a shadow cut out of solid night <laughs> the shape of a man wearing a baseball cap um again was the baseball cap also black yeah it completely like no, no features at all like uh, silhouette of a man yeah, with silhouette a yeah like cap, almost like you but, cut it out of construction but opaque. Yes, yeah yes like completely featureless and flat um uh, uh the darkest black and it strode up to my the foot of my bed and it touched my foot and it said in a voice that i can't really describe oh how it burns them to touch their crooked angels and uh felt like i couldn't breathe for a minute or two the figure dissipated and i could move and that was pretty fucking freaky uh and not long after that i happened to fall asleep at the wheel on my way to work and it was like all right i'm gonna go <laughs> how old were you when this um this is my mid-20s i think um but uh you know that was an odd experience and i you know you could just say well your brain is misfiring from the sleep apnea and you know all that stuff you're not getting enough oxygen or whatever um but usually how that goes for me like when you know like because i've got like an overdeveloped soft palate uh, is what, the source of my sleep apnea. So like that flat lays flat and yeah. you can't breathe. Your body doesn't get oxygen. Brain panics, dumps a shit ton of adrenaline in your system. You go, <gasps> oh, and okay. you wake up. Interesting. But in those cases, I wasn't getting the, 
you know, a adrenaline dump. And I was just laying there, not able to breathe and seeing and hearing this shit. And I feel like maybe, maybe in that state, maybe the oxygen deprived state or whatever, um, senses were open just enough to observe shit around me. You saw the infidel. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think that's kind of a more interesting way to think about it. If this isn't something you're comfortable talking about, I will cut it out. No, you're but, cool, dude. Uh, what's your experience with psychedelics? Oh, <laughs> um, not great. Not great. Uh, I don't think I had the right personality for it. I also think maybe I uh, wasn't in the right setting. Um, so my first and really only real experience with psychedelics uh, was uh, several years ago at a um, summer solstice uh, event, Red Boiling Springs. And a friend of mine invited me, we went camping, and she procured a whole bunch, uh, just a whole spread of, uh, you know, a cornucopia, if you will, of hallucinogens. Mm. And um, instead of being smart and taking one and seeing how that would go, I took what was offered to me, which was mushrooms and acid and MDMA <laughs> all together. Nice. And, um, you know, as the night wore on and, you know, they started a big bonfire and people were playing drums. She, who had also taken the same amount of stuff, she became carefree and was like, oh, I'm going to go say hi to everybody. And she was dancing around and waving to people. And I just got this oppressive hatred uh, that soaked into my soul. I was like, I fucking can't stand around and be around these hippies. Uh, <laughs> and, and like everything was just twisted and disoriented. Uh, uh, I went into like Jason Voorhees mode. Uh, so I spent the next several hours of that night. Like I, I tried at first while I was still cognizant of it. I was like, they're just pulsing maggots around me i'm going to get away from them oh went and stared at the moon for a while i was like that's cool but eventually i had to wander back towards camp and then when i did i just found myself stalking campers through the woods <laughs> like to their tents and like no no you don't need to follow through with this yeah no i know i know and that's why i don't do them uh, <laughs> but i spent the whole night like stalking campers and going like yeah, you know, they would be better off if I chopped them in little pieces, but I shouldn't do that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so I ended up leaving uh, in the middle of the night after, like, I had calmed down a little bit and, like, drove to a rest stop and slept in my car to, like, sleep the rest of it off. Because you I did, drove? Yeah, I was more afraid of hurting somebody than crashing my car. Yeah, how much you took of each? I, too much. It should never have taken all those together, never, much less the amount. So, so when you when you take MDMA <laughs> and shrooms, it's called a hippie flip. When you take MDMA and acid, it's called a uh, candy flip. Okay. So you did a hippie candy flip. Oh boy. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, you know, like everyone there was real pleasant, nice folks. I mean, terrible, uh, the Grateful Dead cover band. But uh, when all that stuff kind of hit me, uh, everything just turned to like everyone's repulsive and I would rather see them with their faces ripped off than, uh, <laughs> than, than talk to anybody. Uh, and so like I had enough self control to like remove myself from the situation. That's great. That's yeah. good. That's yeah. a good thing. That so is I don't the do case. that. Um, um, and you might want to cut that if that's too crazy. No, but, that's amazing. Yeah, um, I'm definitely yeah, keeping that. Yeah, no, that's, that was my experience. Um, I know everyone else has, you know, different experiences, but, um, um, 
<laughs> so this person that gave this, did they know that this, you've never done psychedelics before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that was the old, one and only time. I didn't really have any interest in revisiting that mindset. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Uh, because, you know, um, while, you know, horror movies are awesome and like my art tends to be kind of on the grotesque side of things, I don't have any interest in carrying any of that out in mm. real life. Uh, that's the whole point of art is it's where I siphon off a lot of my raw emotions into putting the art. Um, so these things can open up the doors that you're talking about, um, like the sleep, like the oxygen deprivation, right? Um, particularly DMT. That one is the the on the short list of things I would be willing to try under the right circumstances. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the festival also was like the wrong place for me to try a bunch of stuff. I'm not a big yeah. crowd person anyways. Um, all in all, not a good idea. And, and like I said, like nothing against the Grateful Dead, but that cover band was, oh boy. Oh, I missed that part of the story. It's yeah. a Grateful Dead cover band. No wonder yeah. you were having it yeah. awful time. Yeah, I'm sure they were all, you know, partaking as well. So, you know, imagine the quality of, you know, the performance there. But, you know, I don't know maybe that's just not my jam. Maybe if it had Did been... Did you go to hail drugs? I think partially that was the plan. Partially, I was like, like why, why else would you go see Grateful Dead cover band? Well, it didn't go to see them. It was, it was a, it was a, I think a summer solstice or equinox. Oh, I'm festival. sorry, it was a festival. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you know, it was this really beautiful, like, um, like self-sustainable, like uh, commune farm or whatever, mm -hmm. like beautiful place. You know, they farm it themselves. I can relate to that as a farm kid. Um, the creek is full of fossils. It was cool to sit in the creek and just pick up crinoid pieces and stuff uh but um maybe if it had been like i don't know camel corpse or something like that blasting i might not have been in such a bad mood yeah um yeah that's every time yeah everyone's wired a little differently um the la da 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 kind of stuff fills me with rage <laughs> uh and the uh, stuff calms me down i um so. <laughs> i saw a quote and i can't i can't remember who to attribute to but it was like um Art um, comforts the disturbed and yes. disturbs the comfortable. There you go. I like that. That's a very good quote. And that's kind of what you said reminded me of that. It's like two people can listen to Cannibal Corpse and have completely different takes on it. Oh, yeah. Like those people that thought you were a terrorist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still funny. Uh, at the time, I was shaking, you know, because I, at that point, I never had a gun pulled on me. So, uh, you know, I called my boss for that um trapping program and told him what happened and he just laughed he thought it was hilarious and i Damn. think it's hilarious now but not at the but time not at the time it was like it was scary like, i think i almost got shot by a bunch of cops <laughs> yeah you might have you very easily might have no. um <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah no like i i'm with uh, i'm with you on the we we see a very small amount of what happens um and there's ways people can interact with those things i'm quite certain um so if i know that the government knows that yeah absolutely and they know way more about it oh, so yeah. um they're doing uh there's a guy named um rick straussman who's doing intermus he's 
actually i think he, he has like um like a grant to do all this it's like all legal but he's doing research on dmt where he's giving people intermuscular injections okay. and they're going in for hours at a time and um, what they're figuring out is that they're having that oh these like they're having the same experience that was the thing that i would found fascinating about people i've known that's talked about it or mm. have done it uh is like the commonality uh, the thread that kind of ties all those experiences together i think i think that's very interesting i've never heard of um you said intramuscular injection uh, uh is it inner inner, inner uh there's intravenous and then there's yeah it's intramuscular okay yeah i, I didn't that's right I, I guess i always thought people just like smoked or drink it as a tea oh it's this is some crazy experimental shit people okay. people do not like it's not a thing people because i was gonna say you said this hours is, and i was like oh no i don't want to do that oh no this uh, is super fringe like right. fringe science because like the the one thing that did appeal to me about the dmt thing aside from you know, like the like hearing the machine language of the universe and you know, you know, people call them elves or mm -hmm. gods or whatever like that. That's fascinating. But I was like, I like the part where it said it's usually about a 20 minute trip and you're back yeah. to yourself. It's like, okay, I'm fine with that. That is the case. I don't so, want to wander around for eight hours, you know, yeah. in, a, in a, a, a Jason Voorhees mood. So, so you're going to have about <laughs> 20 minutes of absolutely mind boggling experience that may feel longer than that. Maybe. And then uh, you're going to feel weird for about another 20 30 minutes okay um and there's really i've done dmt maybe like a dozen times and i'm at the same level of preparedness to do it that you are right there is no <laughs> part of the experience is having the rug rug ripped out from under you that's there's no way to prepare for that the only thing i like to recommend is breathing okay. um, i found that really great just like like just get really relaxed and comfortable because what i'm convinced happens is it's not hallucinations what happens is you're ripped out uh, and um there's an infinite amount of experiences you could go to i've never had the same experience twice you're going to the same thing at all um but i think your state of mind has an impact on where you go you so you. i think basically you're you can think of your consciousness like a um like a radio transmitter and it's tuned into different so like uh and you're kind of i feel like your your spirit kind of dictates where that's going to go oh, i got you so it's not like you're going to get you're not it doesn't work in the way that you can like go where you want to but you're going to get the energy you're projecting i got you in a way that is not what you anticipate almost without a doubt right right yeah. subconscious takes you where it wants to go yeah that's also i like i like um i've, I've also had experiences let, let me back up were you raised religiously um for a short period of time i went to catholic school okay and then i realized that was bullshit so yeah <laughs> so um that wasn't like big in your household growing up? not really uh my parents were I was fortunate to have parents that were uh, open enough to let us kind of choose our own paths. Like I did go to Catholic school. Um, uh, and then once, uh, once that experiment kind of failed, uh, we were kind of all free to pursue our own sort of like spiritual yeah. paths. My sister is uh, still a very uh, 
a Christian person, but she's she's wonderful about it. She's you know it's a very personal thing for her, not a like. Oh, that sounds like so, a real but, Christian. Yeah, you know she 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 doesn't yeah. scream at you about stuff. Uh, and then you know my brother, I not sure where he falls actually. But you know, it, we were all kind of free to pursue our own yeah. own things. You, so. How many of you? Have? Uh, three. Three. Okay. Um. Uh, what what kind of music did your parents listen to growing up? Um, pretty eclectic look uh, stuff. Um, my mom was very much into like John Prine and uh, James Taylor, uh, Jackson Brown, um, the Commodores. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, my dad was uh, very much a Southern rock kind of guy, so a uh, big uh, um um oh lord marshall tucker band fellow so it's cool and we had kind of like the free range of everything when i started getting into heavy music they were very supportive let nice. us make awful noise in the basement that's awesome you know um so that pretty cool i think my upbringing is atypical because while you know most of my peers were coming up in town or more insular communities like like i said before my neighbors were all mennonites and amish mm-hmm. so like very different world yeah um you know horse-drawn buggies and yeah I've, I've interacted with some um amish people yeah um yeah, every time i've met them they've been really cool yeah they're nice folks but uh i think having that experience in my formative years growing up in the midst of a culture that wasn't necessarily my own but seeing the commonalities because like you know as soon as i was big enough to work on the farm i've worked on the farm same with you know their kids um so like we built this common bond like we're both hardworking yeah. youngsters uh <laughs> but you know the completely different you know like moral and religious ethical backgrounds and stuff like that um so i think that prepared me to not be a bigoted asshole when i got into the world at large whereas a lot of my peers not so much um a sad little detour um uh, where i grew up was about about a 20 minute drive to Pulaski, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with that, that was where. Yeah, I think I know the, um, there's, isn't, there's a group of Amish like in, in Lawrenceburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Pulaski. Like yeah. But, but Pulaski um, is, uh, you know, the, uh, the birthplace of the KKK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's still a thing down there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, they would do their marches and stuff. So like, it's oh, not like, like still. I don't know about more recent years, but I remember when I was in high school, they would do them. And uh, some of us would go down there and uh, <laughs> the parade route pass under an a unused train trestle and would huck rocks at them. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, so it's one of those places. So there's a lot of bigotry just sort of like baked into the area. And I think I got fortunate that like growing up around a culture different from my own, I learned to accept people as, you know, as they, I see the commonalities mm. and not the differences. So when I yeah. got into the world at large, I wasn't plagued by a lot of the same um, small town narrow-mindedness that a lot of people I grew up around did. I, I can definitely relate to that. Um, the reason I was asking you like, like questions about your upbringing is um, I was homeschooled and I was also raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Oh boy, that had been an interesting experience. Yeah, so I was extremely sheltered until the point that I would, like all my peers were in my church and my neighbors. Um, and um, I was really sheltered and I moved out at 18. And 
um, immediately started going to like East Room. Oh, right on. And the Cobra. And like immediately. Um, I had a had a couple of friends that um knew some knew about cool bands, you know. Oh yeah. And I can say without a uh, a doubt that live music saved my life. So absolutely I I I saw that I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do, what you guys do. Yeah, I appreciate what you do. It saves lives. You couldn't be more true uh, in that statement, though, um, because, yeah, uh, heavy music saved my soul. Uh, You know, time when you're lost and you don't know much about yourself. Um, Growing up, uh, knowing you're different than everybody else. Um, For the longest time, I harbored uh, the secret that I was bisexual. Uh, You know, uh, because you grow up in a a town that's very Mm narrow-minded, and this is also your formative years of pre-internet, so you don't have those resources. You don't even know that there's a name for the thing that you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you keep that shit to yourself. Um, that's definitely one of the benefits of the younger folks, I think, is having a community that accessible to them, you know, like able to uh, navigate the waters and not be alone. Yeah. But um, while I was struggling with my self-identity and like, lashing out as a hyper-masculine shit to, like, compensate for, like, oh, I think boys are cute, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got into uh, heavy metal and the fucking, uh, it was uh, Opeth's Ghost Reveries. Uh, <laughs> uh, fucking, uh, uh, the Grand Conjuration came on. Um, uh, a thing that doesn't exist anymore, children, is uh, there used to be a channel that had music videos on it. Uh, and on <laughs> Saturdays, they would play the metal. Nice. Uh, and uh, hearing fucking micro- Michael Ackerfeld's like earth shattering low rumble growls, like, holy shit, there's a music that actually speaks to me. Because at that point, you know, I'd like listen to like Creed's Clearwater Revival and, oh, yeah. you know, the Rolling Stones, the typical stuff. I'm like, this is cool. I like it. But that was the first time music really spoke to me, was like, yeah. Hearing something, yeah, something, yeah, oh, god damn, dude, yeah, it is. It's like that sounds as ugly as the inside of my head feels, and it was a cathartic, <laughs> it was a cathartic experience, yeah. and that's kind of the way that I've always approached art and just anything creative is really um, as a way of siphoning off negativity and making it be productive and useful. Is you know like all this stuff built up inside you hate or rage or whatever you know nebulous black boiling goo in your heart and if you can slap it on a page or like put it in a microphone uh it becomes a quantified number it becomes knowable and containable and it's outside of yourself now yeah and it can it can lift other people up like like hearing you know that song for the first time like shook me to my core. I was like, holy crap. So that resonates with me. So um I'm gonna get really tinfoil hat. All right, all right, all right. It's um it's gala magic. It's it goes back to uh that's that's what the ancient Israelites would call gala magic. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um it's funny. I was I was having a conversation with uh David Estes, producer of uh, King Lazy Eyes' upcoming album. Oh, sweet! Um, but he he was that episode will be up soon if it's already up. Uh, but we were talking about how 
if I was like, Joe, I'm an oromancer. I can tell things about people Ooh. before I get to know them. I can I can divine things about them. Be like, okay, well, that's woo. Yeah. Some people got to touch. Well, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I'm a, yeah, well, cool. I was going to say, but I'm not, not just you. What I meant is like uh, people will have a reaction to that. That is, it's kind of a stern statement to say. Yeah. But if I were like, I sometimes just get this vibe from people and I don't like, or I can like, sometimes I just get a vibe and I don't really know what it is. I just don't. Like, I'm not, there's something off about that person. Everyone goes, oh yeah, I feel that sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, so it's really just um, the way we talk about things is different. Um, people look around for magic, like magic is flying in the air. It's shooting fire out of your hands. But that's only in the realm of fantasy. Right. Like, Magic is what we're doing right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're spell casting. Magic is what you do. And Eye on the Sky. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, Moon War 2020. Yeah, that's a very powerful incantation. Thank you. Uh, I feel like it was cathartic for us to create it, and hopefully it's cathartic for other people to uh, absorb it. You know, uh, 2020 was such a fucking awful year for everyone. I feel like even though... It's also an apocalyptic uh, uh, album. I feel like it's appropriate and um, sort of a reclamation of the year. Kind, yeah. of, kind of a way, kind of a weird way to put it, but I don't know how else to say it. What do you think is like humanity's greatest threat right now? Ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the boilerplate answer, I guess. But, does, yeah. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad answer. Do, uh, but can, I guess I could get more, Can we narrow it down? Yeah, I can get more specific. Because uh, I think about this constantly, um, and it ties into the thing you were talking about, Mega, with the, uh, the you know, sort of practical everyday magic. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that is the greatest existential threat to mankind is thinking that we are separate from uh, the rest of the universe, that we somehow are a special class, mm-hmm. that we are not behooven to the same rules and laws that uh the whole rest of the universe operates under Mm -hmm. because i feel like uh, if you can go as small as we currently know how to get small subatomic particles um the way that they shape and form themselves and function with each other uh you scale all the way back up to the uh the macro uh it's the same shapes and movements you see in you know galaxy clusters and clusters of galaxies Mm -hmm. um so everything follows the same mechanical pathway and uh, human interaction and emotion and the transference of emotions and thoughts function or functionally the same as the way that electrons jump, you know, uh, levels and, you know, uh, around a nucleus create different uh, atoms or, or bonds, you know, I think we are functionally the same. Yeah. Um, despite our seemingly more complex nature, you boil us down we're still the same function as you know like fucking molecule form or something like that especially when we are having conversations and there's an exchange of thought and emotion and well you know we can even do that kind of remotely now uh with art um you know someone around the world can 
read the thing that you write or watch the thing that you made or hear the thing that you made and you're communicating with them um, very much like the idea of um, you know quantum entanglement you know yeah two atoms split from each other but are still in the same frequency an invisible thread connecting the wild world. stuff yeah an invisible thread connects us all we're all the same organism yeah um you know our function seems to be uh, a sensory organ for the collective like entity that is the totality of existence to look at itself that is a hundred percent the case and uh uh, I, I'm a wholehearted yeah. believer in that. I had a DMT trip one time. Alice is probably tired of hearing this particular. <laughs> I should talk about different ones sometime because I've had a few. But uh, this one, um, I guess, is the most, it's the one that comes up in conversation the most because it's uh, changed how I look at the world. Um, not that the others haven't, but like I was, and you know, this is a drug trip, so I'm not, right. you know, oh. I'm, I'm completely invested. <laughs> That's yeah, you, you got a vasectomy. Like, I, I did. Well, very I, got, recently. I got tired of the reptilians stealing my sperm. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I just figured, you know, uh, told the doctor, cut it out. <laughs> uh, but yes, I am still very tender. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I was sitting on that one for a minute. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out. Yes. Was that a full house? It was. Yeah, it was yeah. Uncle Joey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he got the baby doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How rude. How rude. God damn. What the fuck are you talking I'm about? I'm glad I'm not the only one who remembers that stupid show. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad, but goddamn, I watched the show as a kid. Me too. Uh, I think... I, there were reruns for me, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That I watched a lot. That and like Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen all of Fresh Prince. Like, man, I watched a lot of yeah. TV. Man, uh, gather around children. I tell you a tale of how growing up in the before four times when we only had four TV channels <sighs> uh, at PBS, ABC, NBC, and Fox 17. That sounds awful. I watched a shit ton of Mr. Rogers, so I don't think it's that awful. Oh, that's not, that's uh, not bad at all. Uh, PBS was definitely a, a lifeboat in a way because, you know, watching reruns of Nova uh, <laughs> definitely sparked a big love of science and mm. uh, stuff that seems woo-woo to uh, the commoner. But, uh, you know, to the learned man, is science. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or uh um oh i um i was shown and it wasn't really a conversation i was just shown that um the universe woke up the consciousness arose out of nothing yeah or out of the universe i guess and it was like profoundly alone it was like i'm all there is and so it made life so it could go down and pretend that it was I, those I things. I like that idea. I like that idea. Kind of get lost in its own creation there for a minute. Yeah. Um, and so I think you and I are, and everything, trees are all the same soul. Yeah, um, yeah. The thing that drives you is identical. I'm a big determinist. I think the things that make you and I different are um, our biology and our uh, environment, things yeah. we've been through. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, 
you're talking that intersection between uh, nature and nurture that people always seem to think is an either or. And it's not, not either or, it's, it's not, both, it, obviously. Exactly, obviously, exactly. it's both. Yeah, it's, it's those, yeah. it's those uh, points of intersection that define uh, an individual's consciousness. So but, uh, you were the talking baseline is still, you know, you want to call it the oversoul or the the, yeah. the great consciousness. Brahma. Or, you know, you know God. every every culture that has arrived at that point has a different name for it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's what those guys get to is uh, I think every major religion in the world is saying what I'm saying also. Oh yeah. Uh, when Jesus get... says he's the son of God, he's not the son of God. Right. He just realize yeah. oh i'm god made flesh and so are you yeah exactly. so do what i'm doing because we're all god we yeah. should treat each other decently because we're all the same fucking person right, right and treat other people as you would like to be treated because that's you and you're going through that yeah i mean we're we're just uh neurons firing in the great brain yeah. that is the expanding and slowly dying universe so <laughs> yep yeah and i say dying but you know that's only because as far as we know there's a definite end but you know I, you want to get in parallel universes or multiverses or <laughs> what i kind of think is just uh, the oscillation between uh existence and non-existence it's a big bang to everything flying apart eventually there's only one other direction for shit to go it's collide back together enough yeah to uh form enough of a mass to trigger another big bang unless everything's in, unless there's an infinite amount of space for space to travel right. to i don't i don't know i mean that's that's the guess the big question uh what's beyond the veil of uh so yeah. from what we observe and it could possibly be that there are boundaries and nothing has reached them right but from what we observe it appears infinite and on i would say on both scales because you pointed out you can go in infinitely yeah like um actually like i'm not a huge like mcu fan like they're fine but um ant-man there's a scene where he goes like super like macro small like nano small and he's like he's like seeing protons flying around yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there is a point of perspective on both ends of the scale that are functionally the same. Uh, yeah. And what does that do? Oh no, everything's a flat circle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you draw a line between it's. I, I feel like, um, again, like that intersection, nature and nurture, can be applied to the universe at large, and the visible universe, the known universe, functionally uh, to totality of creation is just that intersection of uh you know we're seeing a cross section you know of a sphere passing a plane big bang is one point passing the plane expansion smaller expansion smaller whatever uh i I feel like i feel like even if space is infinite uh everything comes back in yeah everything is it's like a breath in and breath exactly. out. Exactly. It, it's yeah. a it's a light switch. That makes sense. And uh, you want to get all spooky booky with it. Um, what else is a binary on off? Machine language. Uh, uh, it's you know one zero 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 one 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 zero one zero one. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, everything is just uh, bars, dude. Yeah. Oh no, that's clutch. Uh, I, oh. I was 
I, I was ripping off Clutch. That's a that's a Clutch song. I love Clutch. I was I was just joking about the zero one zero oh. zero one. That's oh yeah, <laughs> man. But yeah, spitting. but I mean, ah, no, man. But I mean, like that's if you want to say everything is a simulation, fine. But is the is it a a computer or is it you know is the totality of everything functionally a computer, anyways? Yeah, uh, you know, a because, simulation or yeah. something. Or if, if yeah. you had a, a calculator powerful enough that could track the trajectories of every single particle at the point of the big, big bang, where everything is going to go onward, 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 uh, then yeah, I think you could calculate where things are going to coalesce back again. Anyways, uh, it's it's just it's just math. <laughs> Existence is math, and I am shitty at algebra. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, it's like here to kick ass, shoot bubble gum, bubble gum. <laughs> oh man, so you know, what? okay, so, um, not to just keep going like, hey, we've got an album coming out. Hey, they uh, have an album. We have coming an album out. coming out. Uh, but uh, that definitely was one of many uh pop culture hmm. influences on sort of the the structure, the narrative. Oh yeah, it was uh, uh, they live, uh, and I do believe there's some little Easter eggs, little references sprinkled in the lyrics, uh, you know, to They Live and some yeah. other like uh, sci-fi properties that uh, I like to hide little little nuggets like that. It's so lyrics. much fun. Like it's it's like fun music and like you're, you guys are having fun with it clearly. Yeah. And like the whole vibe is just fun. Yeah, man. I, I you know, the music itself is burly and raw and aggressive but uh always wanted to have, kind of have a little levity to it mm -hmm. you know um we are telling an inherently silly story yeah but we want to tell it in a way that is like you'll just go god damn i wish that was amazing. and it has like real life parallels and implications yes it's like like the, the first thing the first joke yeah. that came to mind was man would that be better yeah you know? <laughs> and it's like that's probably what a lot of people like oh yeah it's 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 uh moon war 2020 wouldn't it that wouldn't that have been better right yeah, yeah it's like i mean like wouldn't it have been better if the you know like the threat to civilization was like easily point outable like clearly like <laughs> that would be look, great. you can see they're lizard people. reptiles instead yeah. like we're stuck with this awful nebulous like a lot of just unfortunately stupid people get swept up in a lot of like really dumb rhetoric and now they're doing awful things in the name of something stupid it's, and it, it's hard to like yes they're dumb and they shouldn't have done that and a lot of good people are hurt and democracy itself is kind of standing on a wobbly leg uh but you know it's it's hard to be angry because a lot of these folks, as misguided as they are, think that they're coming from the perspective of like righteousness. True uh, evil is real, but it's very rare. Most people are misguided yeah. thinking they're doing yeah, the right thing. They, people, they thought they were doing the right thing when they stormed the Capitol or whatever. Um, they were wrong, and they were doing it for a stupid reason, at least in the album. Uh, we've got people stormed the Capitol to um, depose an authoritarian space lizard and not like uphold an authoritarian you know like space lizard. cheeto but yeah it's space cheeto space uh, cheeto yeah uh but you know it, it, i i yeah. feel like that's the escapist aspect of uh, what we wrote 
is like, okay, the, the enemy, if you want to have an enemy, is clearly defined as something literally other than, than self. And wouldn't it be nice if our problems could be so easily identified and dealt with and not just this nebulous like, man, you're my uncle. Why are, why are you spouting off this shit? It's much more insidious and harder to, to combat when like the um, the destructive rhetoric is coming from inside the house, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, it's not it's not as fun or glamorous as being able to rip the you know like human suit off of a, a lizard man and be like, behold, I knew that wasn't really Steve. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's um it's, it's because the the threat humanity faces. Um, you know, besides losing yeah. people, obviously, yeah. obviously, yeah, of course, losing people, obviously. That's why you gotta get yourself yeah. one of these, baby. <laughs> but it, it's us. Yeah, yeah. Look in the mirror, and that's um, not. It's not only them. Like it, it's you. You're gonna yeah. fuck yourself up exactly a lot. And, and it's that it stems from that tying it all back to get the full circle, baby. Um, to the fact that we separate ourselves uh on multiple levels from the rest of the world. We think of ourselves as inherently different. The rules that nature follows don't apply to us. Uh, and that, that carries in uh, everything we do as a civilization. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, if we realize that we're behoven to the same thing that the rest of the world is, we might stop to consider maybe not destroying the fucking planet we live on. But, yeah. you know, that's not in my moneyed interest. That's not in my uh, corporate paymaster's interest to uh, stop polluting or, or damaging shit. We're um, the monster. Yeah, exactly. We think, we'll, we think we'll be fine. Who cares about the earth? Fuck the oceans. Dolphins can suck it. Uh, we're monsters. Yeah, exactly. It, but like, if we pause to consider, now we're part of this too. Our fate is tied to this. Like, you know, uh, Frodo's fate is tied to the fucking one ring. Uh, and if we uh, don't chuck the damn thing, uh, we're, we're going to be lost to it. Uh, but that's the mindset that we can't separate, I think. I like that analogy. Yeah, possibly we've grown too fast as a civilization. We still hold on to this sort of uh, uh, um, tribalist belief that we are different and there must be an other. And therefore, because they are different, they must be the enemy. And let's not work together. Uh, technology is at the point where we could do something positive and beautiful and fix a lot of the things that we've done or like that are occurring naturally as well. Unfortunately, I, I have no faith in democracy anymore. Oh, no. I don't. I don't our democracy is a lie. I, you see, you said you're 26. Mm -hmm. I would argue you probably haven't really lived in a democracy at all. At all, ever. Yeah. No, yeah. no, fuck no. Definitely. No. 100% no. Like since Kennedy, at least. Yeah, yeah, at least. Um, and there's only there's only one way that changes is um, people have to be accountable for their actions. Yeah, people have to be accountable for their actions, and uh, the ine inevitability of uh, you know nothing lasts forever, and all empires fall. And I think even if they have good intentions, like um, I think when you get into a position of real power uh whether you are altruistic or not you're debriefed um what's what's his name uh bill hicks had a joke about uh, this yeah. Yeah, like they bring you to a room 
and they show you all the shit and then they show you what happens to the guy who snitched about it right, right. and his family yeah and I, I think that's a reality we live in oh yeah absolutely i also think that um, our most public public servants uh tend to be selected not so much for uh, their usefulness uh, as opposed to their um, powers of distraction. Yeah. Um, I think a, a lot of people find themselves in positions of power that are completely unqualified for it purely All because they are a train wreck. Uh, and uh, uh, that, you know, all the attention is going to that as opposed to where the real power lies and where the real handshake deals are being made. You know, yeah. again, uh, I've alluded to it before, but you know, our previous previous president, uh, an awful person for sure, but I don't think he was uh, quite the uh, ringleader of, of anything, but dude is a fucking mess and a very loud mess. And that was where all of our attention was focused on as opposed to who's telling him what to do what's it's the same distractions we see now too oh absolutely yeah it's no different it's just a change it's sleepy he's falling and it's like but what is what are what's he what's he doing exactly exactly he's not in charge of shit neither was the last guy neither was the last guy neither was the last guy i don't Uh, care if bill clinton got his dick sucked what's he doing what's what is that distracting you from exactly you know and that i i've felt that way ever since i read um Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, because there's a part later in the book where they do go to meet uh, the person behind the throne, so to speak. You know, because one of the main characters is the president of the of the galaxy or whatever, uh, and he was picked not because he's good at anything, but because he's an obnoxious asshole. <laughs> uh, and he, what does he do on his inauguration day? He steals like the most amazing spacecraft known to exist. Uh, and goes on like a tear across the universe or whatever. Oh, uh, I remember yeah, this now. Zaphon yeah. Beetlebrox. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Yeah, still the, 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 they parody the that Duke. guy in uh, Futurama too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But like, so he was picked president just because he was a fucking like loud, uh, attention-seeking, you know, train wreck. And that was, you know, everyone's focused like all the galactic news. Everybody's paying attention to what is the president fucking doing? Holy shit. He just sold a spaceship. He just crashed on a planet that people thought didn't exist, you know, blah, blah, blah. Later in the book, you go to meet the person that really runs the universe, and it's a dude that doesn't know he runs the universe. It's just some dude living in a shack, and people in suits come and tell him, like, sign these, and he goes, well, I guess so, <laughs> right? You know, so, you know, who really is in charge of anything? I don't think it's the figurehead so much as, you know, the figurehead is there to um, hold your attention. The answer is the queen doesn't do anything. She sits there. The ants do everything. That's true. The queen and her stupid little like pastel suits. What is she hiding? Mm -hmm. If all the cards would just be like, hey, I don't want to off with their heads. Why don't we off with your head? Oh, yes. 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 Maybe things would just be a lot better. Yeah. And on that note, I have one more question for you. Let's hear it, bud. What do you think happens after we die? If after the, the Mad Queen lobs my head off for all this uh, blasphemy I'm speaking? Well, I suppose um, for a moment uh, you might uh, travel with your head through the air, uh, attempt to blink, maybe blow a raspberry at the Queen, 
And then I suppose uh, the uh, collected energy that uh, formed your conscious self would sublimate back into the uh, totality of everything. And you would get uh, pooped back out somewhere else as a different thing. Um, uh, I kind of feel like, you know, there's a, you know, conservation of energy and whatnot. It's a finite amount of uh, uh, thinky personhood. Uh, I think uh, it just gets squirted out somewhere else as a, a different thinky being. Oh, okay. Uh, so like reincarnation? Sort of, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I haven't really thought about that part too much. Yeah. I just, you know, like you're, we're each just a node. That's the beautiful the, uh, thing about the big thing. So that's the beautiful thing about the question is no one has any idea. Oh yeah. Even though I've had experiences that I know are drug trips, but people a thousand years ago would think is uh, a prophecy, oh, is a prophetic man. vision, yeah. and then they'd write a book about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no <Nostradamus. laughs> But uh, um, you know, that's still I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. I, you know, that, that might give me, that might give me insight. Yeah. Or it might not. It might not. You know, I mean, who's, who's to say, you know, I've talked all this big game about like the binary on off nature of uh, existence and who's to say I'm completely wrong and that, you know, like uh, uh, black holes are just big old cosmic prolapses and they're just <laughs> pooping us out into the next thing. Uh, everything's just getting sucked out of that. And, oh, there's another universe, and then they just spill into each other? Yeah, yeah. There's just a, a whole bunch of cosmic prolapses pooping on each other. Oh, it's a fucking... Yeah. Dude, that's, people, that's actually fucking pooping. brilliant. That's It's like what are you, a troidal. Yeah. Huh. Pooping back and forth forever. Existence. And on that note... <laughs> Joe, thank you so much hey, for being thanks here. thanks for having me, man. Alice... Oh, Check out these kids doing streets. <laughs> I don't know any gang signs. <laughs> Walmart. Uh, <laughs> Alice, check out Eye on the Sky. Check out Moon War 2020. Um, you, you're in for a treat. Thanks, Alice. We'll see you next week. Bye.